Profiles in Cinemania, Paul Pee-wee Herman Rubens, in memoriam. In school, there's always that funny kid in class, and you're maybe going to be tempted to, you know, mess with them. Well, you should be careful about doing that, especially if you have a memorable name. This will come up later. The 80s. It was a decade that really needed some fresh new icons. You know, to let us know just how very 80s the 80s was going to be. Figures who taught us what cool was going to be from now on. They are symbols of that bygone era. People who influenced the style, look, and pop culture of the time. People like Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, Michael Jackson, Max Headroom, Elvira, and of course, Pee Wee Herman. Yes, Pee Wee Herman. That lovable man boy with his memorable laugh. <laughs> Too small gray suit and red bow tie. He was a household fixture throughout the 80s. Star of a series of movies and a Saturday morning TV show for kids and adults alike. At his height, he loomed over a vast empire of toys, lunch boxes, and even books, which, for you Zoomers, was a technology in vogue at the time, one that involved little blocks of printed paper. But who was this little man in the gray suit? Pee-wee was the brainchild of a man who, in a lot of ways, was even more outlandish. Actor, writer, and comedian, Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens started life in 1952 as Paul Rubenfeld, a typical suburban Jewish kid from Peekskill, New York. At an early age, his family moved to Sarasota, Florida with his mother, his father, and two younger siblings. Paul was infatuated with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus, who had their winter headquarters in Sarasota. This and his love of the television show, I Love Lucy, gave Paul a love of entertaining people and making them laugh. He even had his father build a stage at home where he and his siblings would perform plays for their family. After high school, Paul moved to Santa Clarita, where he attended the California Institute of the Arts, or CalArts, where he met his lifelong friend, Katie Seagal. He started working stand-up in LA area comedy clubs, and even won some small acting parts, landing 14 appearances on The Gong Show and a one-shot on Mork and Mindy. Around this time, he joined the legendary L.A. comedy troupe, The Groundlings, where he stayed for six years. It was here that he met both Cassandra Peterson, better known as Elvira, and Phil Hartman, who would become his friend and collaborator for much of both of their material throughout their lives. It was while in The Groundlings that Rubens created the character of Pee Wee Herman. The character started off as an improv exercise. Pee-wee was envisioned as a comedian who was really bad at telling jokes, but was so likable that people rooted for him anyways, even though he was so terrible. Paul's buddy, Phil Hartman, helped him develop the character for the next couple of years. Paul created the name taking Pee-wee from a small harmonica that he used to own, and Herman, a kid who used to annoy him in school. Remember I said that would come up later? Sorry, Herman. After Paul got a small but memorable cameo as a waiter in 1980's The Blues Brothers, he was invited to audition for Saturday Night Live! This would have been a catapult to stardom, but he promptly lost out to Gilbert Gottfried. Bitter but undeterred, Rubens decided to make a bold move, which is what you have to do when you're told that Gilbert Gottfried has a better face for television than you. Rubens went back to L.A. 
borrowed some money, started his own stage show. Enlisting some of his friends from The Groundlings, he decided to base the show around his character of Pee Wee Herman. The Pee Wee Herman show was a phenomenal hit. It sold out the Roxy Theater for five months straight, doing midnight shows for adults and matinees for kids. But the true catalyst was when HBO aired the show as part of their On Location series. All of a sudden, Pee Wee was everywhere. Paul stopped going to interviews as himself, and suddenly he was Pee Wee Herman even being credited as Pee-wee in two Cheech and Chong movies, Next Movie and Nice Dreams. Paul took his show on the road with a tour that finished in Carnegie Hall. Pee-wee had definitely made it, and Warner Brothers noticed. They hired him to make a movie about Pee-wee, and Paul got his old friend Phil Hartman to help him write the screenplay for Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the tale of a fantastical road trip about a boy and his lost bike, also helped launch the career of then-up-and-coming director Tim Burton. It was also the first collaboration between Tim Burton and Danny Elfman. Burton's knack for visual styling mixed perfectly with Pee-wee Herman's kitsch aesthetic. Coupled with Danny Elfman's soundtrack, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was a smashing box office success, making back nearly six times its $7 million budget. The film spawned all manner of merchandise and toys and gave birth to the TV show spinoff, Pee-wee's Playhouse, which became a multi-Emmy winning series over its five-year run gave us all the image of a jerry-curled Lawrence Fishburne in a cowboy outfit. During the height of Pee-wee mania, Paul did find a few other non-Pee-wee projects to work on, the most noticeable being the voice of the ship's computer in Disney's Flight of the Navigator, where he was credited as Paul Mall, and the voice of RX-24, the original droid pilot of Disney's Star Tours ride. I mean, that's not too many droid pilot roles, it's just weird that it happened twice. However, after a decade of being Pee-wee all the time, Paul was burnt out. He'd had five seasons of a TV series, a mediocre sequel, Big Top Pee-wee, and horror of horrors, especially for a Jewish kid from Peekskill, a Christmas special. So he decided to hang up the bow tie, and sadly, that's where things started to fall apart for Paul. In 1992, after a very unfortunate and highly publicized arrest that proved that then, as now, all cops are indeed bastards, Paul found himself a public pariah and on the blacklist of Hollywood. Pee-wee's Playhouse was pulled off the air even though it had already been canceled for two years and was only running in syndication, meaning that the character into whom Paul Rubens had poured a decade evaporated from the public consciousness like water on a Los Angeles sidewalk. Nevertheless, this misfortune may have been for the best, because even though the Hollywood bosses turned their back on him, Paul's friends showed up for him. And we, the public, got to see the range of characters that Paul could play, be it a one-armed vampire in the feature film Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Penguin's father in Tim Burton's Batman Returns, or the voice of the little devil, Locke, in another Burton production, The Nightmare Before Christmas. By the end of the 90s, Paul had put Pee-wee behind him and was doing interviews as himself on The Tonight Show for the film Mystery Men, which he played the super flatulent superhero, The Spleen. In 2001, Rubens put away comedy for a bit and put in a memorable performance as a hairdresser turned drug dealer opposite Johnny Depp in the cocaine true crime thriller Blow. 
This opened up the door for Paul to do dramatic work, as well as different forms of comedy. And over the next decade, he popped up all over cartoons and TV shows, both comedies and dramas. But what about Pee-wee? In 2009, Paul decided to bring Pee-wee back to the stage and resurrected the Pee-wee Herman Show, once again to the acclaim of audiences. Hollywood, smelling money and 80s nostalgia, came a-knockin'. After a few failed pitches for the feature film adaptation of Pee-wee's Playhouse, Paul decided that he was rubber and they were glue, and finally settled on going to Netflix in 2016, where he and Judd Apatow made the third installment of the Pee-wee Herman trilogy, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Unfortunately, in 2023, Paul lost his six-year battle with cancer battle that he decided not to publicize and kept mainly to himself and close friends and family. After passing away at the age of 70, he left a statement to be read. Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing for the last six years. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. This has been another Profile in Cinemania. This episode was written and performed by Zachariah Burks. Music by Meteor at meteormusic.bandcamp.com Profiles in Cinemania is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC.